Okay, we are learning Daf Chaf Dali. So I think we're going to start from uh, four lines down, Chaf Dali and Rav, where the Gemara says, Kasha to Rameh, Rameh. Now let's just find out what in the world is going on. So what's going on is like this. We had a dispute between Reb Meir and Reb Yehuda if you're allowed to use a live animal for a wall. For a wall, right? The walls don't have so many requirements. It's not like the schach that has to have all these technicalities. It's just a wall. So Rabbi Meir, though, still comes along and says you cannot use a wall for an animal. Rabbi Yudah says you could. So, like Mark clarified in Rabbi Yudah, you're hanging it from some cords to make sure it doesn't crouch. It's not going to be less than 10 tzvachim. If there's going to be a gap between its legs, you're going to fill it up with some extra stuff. Like, everything's good. You made it kosher. So the question is, what's Rabbi Meir's concern? So Abaye wanted to say that Rabbi Meir's concern is that the animal might die. Now, as unlikely as that seems, like what's the, what's the possibility that the animal's actually going to die? But Rabbi Meir is concerned, Rabbi Meir is chayish lemisa. And if, what would happen if, it's die, if it would die? So the Gemara clarified, what if it was like a really short animal, a very short wall, it was a little bit more than seven tvachim, it was within three tvachim of the schach, you were relying on lovud, everything was good. But the issue is that when the animal dies, it might shrivel just ever, ever so bit. And if the animal's going to shrivel, then it was going to lose its height of a little bit more than seven tvachim. So that's why Rabbi Meir is saying that you cannot use an animal, a live animal, as a wall. Because Rabbi Meir is chayish lemisa. Okay? Rabbi Meir is chayish lemisa. Now, what does Rabbi Yudah hold? Rabbi Yudah is not chayish lemisa. Rabbi Yudah is not concerned. So, it's like you want to say it. It's an unlikely possibility. Rabbi Meir is concerned for it. Rabbi Yudah is not concerned for it. Abaye in Masechah's Gittin uses this machlokas, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yudah, to explain a contradiction between a Mishnah and a Brisa and Gittin. Mishnah and Brisa and Gittin have a stira of a Bas Kohen as a, 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 an uncertain future about whether or not her husband will be alive. I'm sorry, a non-Kohen. A Bas Azar, who marries a Kohen. Whether or not she's allowed to continue eating Truma, assuming her husband will stay alive. Right? She's allowed to eat Truma while she's married to her husband. If her husband died, passes away, she cannot eat Truma. What if her husband goes overseas? One Mishnah says, okay, great. Husband's probably still alive. That was the status quo. She could still eat Truma. But then we had a Brisa where the Brisa husband, this Kohen, he's gives his wife a, a, a get that should take effect the moment before he dies. So then he says she can never eat Truma because maybe she'll eat Truma the next moment he'll die. And then it turns out that she ate Truma when she was divorced already. So it seemed like it was a steer between the Mishnah and the Brisa. It comes along, Abayin, Maseches, Kitten, and he says, based upon his principal year, this is what the Gemara cleans up. That one is going like Rabbi Meir, one is going like Rabbi, Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Meir, there were chayish Misa. That's the price so that the girl cannot eat Truma. Chayish for the unlikely possibility of Misa. But Rabbi Yehuda is low chayish Misa. That's the Mishnah. We assume, you know, the status quo, everything's good. Low chayish Misa, so everything's good. All right, everything is good, except for we end up with a huge contradiction to another place. What's the other place? The other place, the scenario that comes up in Shas so many times, You've got somebody who's got a big barrel of wine, and it's Tavel. He hasn't taken off Trimus of Maestros. He bought it from the Kusim. The issue is, though, that he's unable right now to actually separate Trimus of Maestros. Why is he unable? He doesn't have Kalim. It's wine. It's Shabbos. He's not allowed to. Whatever exactly the case is. So Rameer says, I have a Breira creativity. Breira creativity is that I'll say as follows. Right now, the two Lugan, which eventually I'll be Mafresh, those should be Trima now. So he doesn't actually go ahead and be Mafresh now. He knows he's going to be mafresh on Sunday when he gets some Caleb, and he's going to want to drink the wine out. But since on Sunday he's going to go ahead and separate, and he said today that the two lugan which he eventually will separate should be trimmer now, so retroactively on Sunday, once he separates, we'll say it was trimmer from the time he said it now. 
So therefore, it's going to be truma now. He's allowed to drink. He's in good standing to go ahead and cut and drink the truma at this moment right now. Because Rameir holds a prayer. Now, Rabbi Yehuda does not. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, I don't let this happen. What's Pshar in Machlokas? Why does Rabbi Yehuda not let it happen? So Rabbi Meir's thing is only going to work if, we're, if the barrel would still be around on Sunday. If something would happen, the whole thing would break and the wine would spill, then it would come out that he drank Tevel and there was no way to fix it. The whole point is if you go and separate at a later time, retroactively it will change that this was always fixed. But that only goes, that only works if you actually went ahead and did that. If you didn't actually go ahead and separate on Sunday, it won't work. So the simple shot is, Reb Meir says, great, we're not concerned that anything's going to happen to the barrel. And Reb Yehuda is concerned something will happen to the barrel. Reb Yehuda is concerned something might break, it might tip over, it might fall, it might get destroyed. So the Pashup shot is, Reb Meir is concerned, Reb Meir is not concerned for the unlikely possibility of the breaking, and Reb Yehuda is concerned for the likely possibility. So the Gemara jumps all over that today. It's the exact opposite of what we've established. Exact opposite in the Machlokas by using an animal as a wall for a sukkah. A mayor says, go for it. When Achash is going to die, Ravida said, I'm sorry, I keep on saying it backwards, sorry. Ravida says, you cannot go for it. We're scared it's going to die. Ravida says, no, go for it. We're not scared, We're not scared it's going to die. But here with the barrel, Rabbi Mayer is saying, we are not concerned the barrel will break, so do the braver thing and drink today. And Ravida says, you cannot. So the Gemara says, Kasha the Rameir, the Rameir. Four lines down, we have a steer of a different Rameir. Says the Gemara, Malacha Rameir, Misa Shricha, Bikiyas, and Ulu Shricha. After the Masr Leil Shomer. Death is something which is somewhat common, meaning maybe, maybe it's going to happen. But breaking of this wineskin and our thing of this node is not common. Why? Because somebody can guard it, it's guardable. You can't guard somebody from dying. They're going to have a heart attack and to pass away. They're going to have a heart attack and pass away. But, so, right, things like wineskins don't always say, no, remember from your mother, nothing breaks on its own. There's always something which broke. So you, if you give it to a shomer, so then you could, um, you could take care of it. So that's where the mayor's not concerned. Even though he is chayish, let me say he's not chayish, that the, that the wine's going to break. Okay, that's a great answer. But the other way is a problem. Here, Abuda is saying, use the animal for the wall. He's not chayish from Misa, but with the, the wineskin, he said, you cannot do the trick. So the Gemara says, You're right. In the case where the guy bought the wine, the Rabbi Yudah's concern is not that he's scared that something will happen to the wine. Rabbi Yudah's not chayish to Misa. He certainly is not concerned something will happen to the wine. Ella, we should have the last He doesn't know the prayer. He doesn't know the lalumdas. Even if the wine is around and you do separate on Sunday, Rabbi Yudah doesn't say that retroactively it was tied the whole time. That's the machlokas. The machlokas is not, is something going to happen to the wine? The machlokas is even if something the wine is around and you end up separating, but will it retroactively be considered as if it was always truma or only from this moment? Says the Gemara, is that really the pshat? is not concerned with the Bukiyas or no, that's not the issue. Chazamukhtani Seifa, the very end of the Braisa says, Amrlo, Rameir, they said to Rameir, they was a whole list of dissenting views. It was Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi, and Rabbi Shimon. All three of them said collectively to Rameir, who allowed the person to drink based on prayer, they said, Why aren't you concerned that the barrel might break? And then the person who drank it retroactively, it will be like he drank Teva. So what was Rameir's response? Rameir said, When it breaks, meaning, I'm not worried it's going to happen. If it breaks, we'll deal with it, but I'm not, I'm not concerned for it. So if Rabbi Uda is tiny to Rameir, that how are you saying that you could you could take you could say today the two looking that I'll separate on Sunday should be trim out and then go ahead and drink now because maybe the barrel will break and Rabbi Mayer saying back I'm not concerned McLeod the Chayshav Yudukiyos no doesn't that shock of a tire doesn't that dialogue show you 
there of Yehuda's concern is that the, the wine is going to break. He's tithing to Rameir, why aren't you concerned it's going to happen? Clearly, he has an issue with it. We're trying to say Rabbi Yudah doesn't have an issue with the wine breaking. Rabbi Yudah has more of a fundamental issue that even if the wine doesn't break, prayer is no good. But we see in the Brisa that he's attacking Rameir and saying, why aren't you concerned the barrel's going to break? So clearly that is the issue. The issue is not prayer. The issue is whether or not the barrel will break. So the Gemara answers, also with Rabbi Yudah, come Rameir. There Rabbi Yudah is only speaking to Rameir in his own, in his own world. Lididi, on a personal level, meaning if you'd ask me, says Rebuda, let's do prayer. I don't subscribe to prayer. So if I don't subscribe to prayer, so Stam, the whole thing that you're saying is out the window. Because if you don't hold the prayer, then even if the wine is around, there's nothing to do. But even like you, that there is prayer, why aren't you also concerned that the wine might break? Now, What's interesting about that is that Rabbi Yudah himself also doesn't hold that's a taina, right? Rabbi Yudah is not Chayish Lamisa. But Rabbi Yudah is saying, he's saying, I want to see what you, Rameir, would say to that. Meaning, Rabbi Yehuda knows that Rameir personally usually is Chayish Lamisa. He had it out with him in the laws of Sukkah. So he's saying, within your world of Yesh Brera, what, 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 how come you're not concerned about that? You want to know why I didn't let it? Oh, I didn't let it because I don't hold a prayer. I'm out of this discussion. But in your world, do you hold a prayer? What about your concern that you generally think about, about Chayish Lamisa? And on that, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir still said, I'm not concerned, it's going to split. So we answer Rabbi Meir by saying, Rabbi, Rabbi Meir is concerned for Misa, Rabbi Meir is not concerned for the wine breaking because you could give it to a Shomer. That's the contradiction Rabbi Meir is resolved. And Rabbi Yehuda doesn't let the case of Breira, not because he's concerned that the wine will break, but rather because he doesn't subscribe to Breira, and he was just speaking about the barrel breaking to examine what Rabbi Meir would say. Okay, so now we've cleaned it all up. Abai's understanding, his analysis is, is fine. And Machlokas Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda is whether we're Chayish Lamitza. Is it true? Rabbi Yudah is not Chayish Lamisa. That's why he's allowing the animal to be used as a wall. It says in Mishra, Rabbi Yudah, We prepare another wife for the Kohen God, the Shema Thomas Ishto. Maybe his wife's going to die in Yom Kippur. We hope this Mishnah looks familiar. First Mishnah in Yuma. The Mishnah says the Kohen God has to be married when he does not vote on Yom Kippur. Why? Because it says in the Potsdam, So the Chachamim say, one wife is enough. You don't have to give backups. Yudah says, no, we're concerned his current wife might die. And if you don't, we don't have a backup wife, we won't prepare another wife, then Yom Kippur might be left without a wife, and that vote won't be good. So Rabbi Yudah is concerned for death, and therefore he says, let's get another wife prepared. So we see Rabbi Yudah is concerned about the possibility of death. So the Gemara answers, we learned that in Yuma, Amar Avunah Bereja Rabbi Yeshua, my loss of Kapar. There was a new Churma Midrabanon, it was a higher standard, and they only said it specific to Kapara on Yom Kippur. Because Kapara on Yom Kippur is so special, right? Atonement is once a year. Everybody's Averos are getting, are getting atoned. So for that, we make special, special things that we're going to make sure is perfect. And even the unlikely remote possibility of death will take into account. Can we just go back one second? Usually, like we're saying by the wall, like, Rabbi Meir is chayish for the unlikely possibility of Misa, and Rabbi Yudah is not. That's the usual. The wine skin is different because Rabbi Meir is not chayish, it's going to break because you'll give it to a Shomer. Rabbi Yudah had a problem with prayer. And now we have another case where Rabbi Yudah seems to be chayish for Misa when we prepare another wife for the Kohen Gadol going into Yom Kippur. And the Gemara is saying that's a new thing, you know, by Kapara, where we're a little bit extra strange. Okay? Says the Gemara now. Back to the issue. We're saying the reason why Rabbi Meir doesn't allow the walls because the animal might die. Or, the Gemara now says, whether we're concerned, like a bite, that the reason Rameir says you can't use the animal for the walls because the animal might die. 
Or like Reb Zeir, Reb Zeir said the reason was simpler, it might run away. We said yesterday the nafkamina is if it was tied up. But anyways, if it's all concerns, that means midaraisa machitza ba'alma. Midaraisa, the wall is a good wall. For Rabbanu the Gazra, it's only Xer the Rabbanu. That's an interesting thing, meaning this idea that the animal might die for sure is only a din Rabbanu. Because right now it's a wall. So the sukkah is no good on which level? Only midarabanan level. It's fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with the wall. It's a concern, maybe the animal might die. So that's at most a drabanan issue. Okay. So that's the pshad. Then an animal should be tame as a covering for a, for a coffin. So, and how do we know that? We learned in a mission which is discussing Alive animal. Rabbi says it could be, it could have the status of a covering of a coffin and be tummy as that. Rabbi Meir Rameir says it's not considered a good cover for a coffin and therefore it doesn't contract the tumma. There's a special tumma for the covering of a coffin. It's actually if it's the covering of the coffin or the, like the matseva on top of the grave. But either way, there's a special tumma that it has. And the question is if you use a live animal to, to cover the, the, the casket, is that going to have the din of the tumma? Or maybe it's only, you know, it's something which has no life, like an inanimate, you know, just, you know, piece of uh, wood. So it's Machlokas. Rabbi Yudha says it has a din of kolo. An animal could have a din of kolo, and Rameir does not. Now, Rameir mitar, Rameir is saying it's tar, it's pure. So if the only reason why Rameir says it's not a good wall is midrabbanan, because it might run away or it might die, that means essentially it is a wall, but midrabbanan don't use it. So should it contract the tumma of kolo? Sure. Midraisa, it's a wall. Must be what the Gemara is proving is that Rameir has a more of an essential issue with using it as a wall. That it's like Be'etzem, not a din of a machitza. And if it's Be'etzem, not a din of a machitza, then we could hear that it's Ma'amishtar. It remains totally pure if you cover it, if you use it to cover a casket. But we have to figure out what that reason is. Until now in the Suya, we've been explaining reasons which would only be Midrabbanan. It might die, it might run away. Those reasons are not going to be a reason why the, 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 the cover should remain casket, why the animal should, re- should remain pure when it's used as a casket. At least there should be Midaraisa level, it should be considered a Mechizah, then it should be Tama. How can Rameir say Mitar to be Mako and say Tar? It has to be that Mamish considers it not a wall at all. And we have to get to a reason why it's like that. So the Gemara answers, Ella Amar Yaakov. And when we're saying Ella, the Gemara is really switching. Again, until now it's been, it's going to die or run away. Now the Gemara switches. Any Mechizah it stands only because of Ruach. Ruach doesn't mean wind here, Ruach means somebody's breath. A, blowed, a, a blown up wall, a blown up wall, something that exists because of breath, is not considered to be a mechitza. And why is that? Because the breath here, Rashi explains, is something which is totally intangible. It's a davrash in mamish. And life is something like that, right? The animal is only here because of its breath. That's what it is. And it's because of its breath, we're saying that doesn't have a, a, a tangibility to it. So it's not because it might die. It's not because it might run away. It's that it is not a wall. Something which isn't just in its spot because it's in its spot. Something which is because of it, this life inside of it, because of the breath that's inside of it. That's why it's here. That's not considered a mechitza. And Kinira, that's a svar midaraisa, an absolute sense of logic. And that's why it's not mechitza mishim Because the same thing, it doesn't have a din of a mechitza. It's, it's, it's an intangible, it's an intangible, the ruach. And an intangible, an inbo mamish, it's as if it's not there. It's a very interesting idea. Lamaisa, the wall is there. You have the animal blocking. But it's not a din of a mechitza. Since it's a medis baruach, it's only there because of its breath, it's not considered to be a good machitz. Says the Gemara, second version. Any machitz which isn't man made is not a machitz. 
So very interesting that it's not man-made because what would you, now the Gemara is saying like as if like Stam, a clown, machitzas, machitzas had to be made. If the person doesn't make a machitza, it's no good. And that's why an animal is not a, not a good machitza. You don't make an animal. But what about so many cases? What about using a rock? What about using a mountain? What about using a riverbank? What about many cases which come up in Masech Shabbos and Erevin where machitza seem to work even if there ain't no shemi de'ala? So the Rishonim say that it means is that basically you could make it in that case. Person, let's say you have a stone wall, which is just there. You could make a stone wall, right? Let's say you have a riverbank. You could make a riverbank. It might be really annoying. You might have to call someone who's a professional, but you could. Whereas an animal, there's no such thing as making an animal. So therefore, we're saying that a mechitza, which is like an animal, is not a mechitza. So two different versions. One is because it's based upon breath, and one is because it's not made by man. So the Mars says, my benai, what practical difference is there? You know, the way I say this, let's say you make a wall of balloons. A wall made of balloons. Here the Gemara says there, the wineskins which you blow up, inflated wineskins. So you made a balloon wall. The one who says that a mechitza can't be something that's dependent upon breath. Right? The balloons, there's nothing to that. What it is. The balloons, there's nothing to them. It's just air inside. So then the mechitza would be no good. It's omedis baruach. According to the one who says, the problem is that it wasn't constructed by a human being. In this case, the wall is supported by something that a person did. Right? It's not like the animal that you didn't do anything. Here, I blew up the balloons, right? I blew up the balloons and therefore it would be good. All right, so therefore now the Gemara finally has finished our discussion with the man-made wall, with the animal wall, which Rameir is saying is no good. The Gemara is coming out. It's the rice as far as that Rameir is following. All right, now we go back to the price of the end of the price of Amar what did we learn? We added something. You're not allowed to write a get on something which is alive. You're divorcing a woman. Do so you want to write the get and give it to her? So you can't, you know, give her an animal, write a get and get on, on, the, on the skin of the animal and give it to her. Why not? Why can't you write a get on something which is alive? The Tanya, it says in the price, so what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, so it says in the word safer. So safer doesn't just mean like a document. Safer means like it's like a, it's like a piece of parchment. And the reason that we think that Rashi gives us a little introduction is because we have a pasuk in Yirmiyah. Yirmiyah, um, this is actually with Barabanura. He says that he wrote down the words of Yirmiyah. He wrote it by safer. And at the same time, the pasuk calls it a Megillah, which Megillah means parchment. So we see that the word sefer refers to parchment. So if the Torah says write a get on sefer, it writes it as sefer, we assume that the get must be written on a piece of parchment. So in the Ella sefer, I would say it has to be parchment. And the Hanukkah called I don't know, it could be any other surface. He writes for her. That's mashma anyway. Meaning it doesn't dafka have to be written on that. Right? Because it, it could just say that he, that, that he puts the parchment um, in her hand, this idea he writes for her is extra and it's mashma. He writes for her even on different surfaces. If you could write on any surface, so why, on any surface, why is the door emphasizing that it should be a safer a parchment? Lomalacha means to tell you the following thing. It doesn't have to be a parchment. It has to be something which is like parchment. Just as parchment is not alive and it's not a food. In order to be a good writing surface, it's got to be that it's not, it's not alive and it's not a food. So we exclude live creatures. That's the idea. We, we're going to exclude the, li- the, the living animal. That's why Rabbi Yosef said you can't use it for a get. 
Says the Gemara, sounds like it was only Rabbi Yisraeli who said that. Verabonon, the Rabbanon who sound like it is okay to write a, a get on an animal. How do they counter? Right? Why aren't we dashing safer to say that it can't be alive? Because of a safer, if it was said you should write it in a safer, could the comment? And you're right. It would, I would have dashed like you, Rabbi Yisraeli. I would have dashed that what that it has to be written in something in something that's like a parchment, not something which is alive. How to Asher safer? But now that it says you write a safer. The spheres from the Amudas. The passage is coming to say that he, the, the words of a get has to be the words of a safer. What does that mean, the words of a safer? Like Sipor. It has to be the story of divorce. What does that mean? That the content of the get, it's like a it's like a formula. It's like you have to have a specific words which are used. There has to be a standard text, a nusach, uh, to the divorce, which basically says that the person is divorcing uh, and it doesn't, you know, what the terms of the divorce are, as, as we're going to get into a little bit here. But the bottom line is that it has nothing to do with the material. It's not write it on a safer. Write a safer. What's write a safer? It means you write about the, the, the formula which, which says that he is being divorced, that he is divorcing him. So the Mar says back, What does Rabbanu do with the word Vakasaf? Because the only reason we need Vakasaf is because it said safer on parchment. But if safer doesn't mean on parchment, then you don't need Vakasaf to include extra stuff. In other words, Rabbi Yosef, it's good. Safer is mashma only parchment. Vakasaf included other surfaces like parchment. But like the Rabbanan, that safer just means write the, the formula of Gershin. So what is Vakasaf teaching? That how does a woman get divorced? Only through writing, but you, she can't be divorced by, with money. Why would you think that she could be divorced with money? There's a din, the Torah says, and we compare Kedushin to Gitin. Somebody would say, just as Kedushin is done through money, maybe the leaving, maybe the divorce also can be effectuated with, with, with money. The Torah has to tell us, no, because of law. And he writes for her. The only means to divorce is because of, not any other means. Now, let me tell you a very interesting thing. What do you, what, what, how, if it would have been, now it's not true. The way to divorce is only with get, not with giving money. But had it been that you could divorce with money, who would have given money to who? She should give money to him. I would have said like you also, right? Why? I give money to her, I marry her. She gives money to me. She, and that, that effectuates the divorce. And think about it also, that's the way like a, a slave goes free. Right? That's the way the slave goes Right. Buy it out. My soul, look at Rashi. And she says, not that way. Rashi says that potentially it would have been the husband would give her money and say but it makes sense because a man can only give baguette very good so too he's the one that has to give the money excellent 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 svar it's an excellent svar yeah it's a good svar but it's still hard yeah. It's a funny thing. Normally you think like you're buying something with Kesa. Like you're, you're, something's coming into your possession. Here it's, it's almost like Kesa becomes more of like a symbolic Kenyan. More than transfer type. Anyways, that's what Rashi says. We don't have to worry about it too much because it's only a half of me. Right? Lamai says not true. Torah said safer. The cost of law rather and it can't work. All right. Says the Gemara Rebbe Yusei I Svarmin Ali. Rebbe Yusei use the Kasaf to say that you write on other surfaces besides parchment. So how's he going to know that you don't do Gerishin with money? Says the Gemara, me safer creases not 
He uses the word safer next to the word of Kresos, meaning it's just the juxtaposition of the two words. Safer, you're right, means parchment, but it says it next to the word Kresos. So that teaches us safer cars if they're after cars. It's only the document that can cut, it or cut her off from husband, but nothing else can do it. Okay, so the juxtaposition of the two words say no money. All right, so now what did the Rabbanon do with the juxtaposition of the two words of safer and Kresos? How did the Rabbanon respond? They hold that the get has to be something which completely cuts her off, meaning it has to be that there's no conditions in the garrison which will make them connected forever. What does that mean? Somebody gives his wife a get. He says, this is your divorce. On condition, you don't drink wine. On condition, you don't go to your father's house. So if he said, if he says these conditions, you know, forever, there's just forever. I'm divorcing you, but you're forever bound by my stipulations. That's not a good get. Because it's not Christus. Save your Christus. Christus means severed. Severed means at some point, completely disconnected. But if it's only for 30 days, for 30 days, I reason Christus, it is good. So that's why they learned it has to be safer, a type of, a type of get, which is, which is Christus, totally cuts her off. That's what they do. That's what the Rabbana do with the Pasuk. The Idacharis Rebbe said, we know that, that it has to be something which totally cuts off. The Kares Krisos. It could have just said Kares, that's shorter. Why does he use the longer word Krisos? They both are the same thing. Why does they use the long word? So it must be coming to, it comes to tell you an additional halacha that the divorce has to be totally severed. The Idach, why did the Rabbana not do that? Kares Krisos, Ladash. So basically, it's a funny thing when you learn Gemara, but the Machloka is really the root of the issue. Rabbana and Rabbi Yosef really boils down to whether we dashing from, from the extra Krisos versus just Kares. So, the, what, what, what basically ended up happening is that the, the Rabbanon don't and Rabbi Yosef Lili does. So since the Rabbanon don't dash in Karis Krisos, so then, uh, and Rabbi Yosef Lili does, so then walk, working backwards, how are the Rabbanon going to know that it has to be an absolute severance from Sefer that's next to the word Krisos? Rabbi Yosef Lili doesn't have to do that, but the Rabbanon do. Since the Rabbanon do that, so, they, so, so then working backwards, they have to use the Kasav um, they have to use the Kasav law to say that what? That Bixiva miskareshes, Fein miskareshes, Bekasav. Since they did that, it can't be that Sefer means right on parchment because then we wouldn't know any other material. So the Rabbanon don't say that Sefer ever meant that. They use Sefer just to say uh, that the Sefer is Ramahud Asa. And therefore, according to Rabbanon, there's no stipulation that it can't be written on a live animal. Whereas Rabbi Yosiak, Lili working backwards, Sefer, Kari's Krisos, he darshins, because of love was extra for something, Sefer increased with extra for something else, because of love was, was extra, even if Sefer meant parchment, because of love can include other types of things, but it has to be like parchment. It can't be something which is a live animal, because a live animal is not like Sefer, it's not like parchment. All right, says the Mishnah. Somebody makes a sukkah amongst the trees. So what does that mean? It doesn't mean that the, the trees are the schach. We already have dealt with that, a whole thing. Here it's just, it sounds like the trees are the walls. Shera, it's good. Now, in other words, we learned in the previous Mishnah, first of all, we learned about trees being the schach, and daftas. The Mishnah and daftas also spoke about the trees being the floor, meaning I'm, I put the sukkah in the tree, like a tree has. But here, it's not, the sukkah is not on the trees. The trees are just the walls. Okay, great. Now, the shaila is, this is something that we learned in daftas, could the schach rest on the trees? Trees are not good for schach, right? Because the trees are connected to the ground. Could the schach rest on something which is not good for schach? So we learned that as an issue on Dafchav Beis. Maybe yeah, maybe not. And the Rishonim debated over here as well. That's called the issue of Maimit. But either way, either it's good or it can't. But either the mission means it could and his mom is resting on it, or it can't and it just means it's the walls, but there's another separate structure that the, that the, that the schach actually rests on. But the bottom line is, walls could be trees. That's what you see here. 
Chera, the sukkah is good. So Amar Vachar Yaakov, Vachar Yaakov says a statement. Whenever you have a mechitza, they can't withstand the normal wind in a mechitza. It's not a mechitza. Now here's the key. It does not mean that it would fall down. Right? I think this is a big mistake people make. People may think that the din of komachitza that can't stand for ruach matzuya in a machitza means that if the wind would topple the machitza, would knock it down, it's not a machitza. But an argamar means something much more. It means even if it would sway in the wind. Even if it would sway in the wind, that's not good. How much does it have to sway? That's not so clear. It's three tfachim if it's not sway at all. Whatever. That's not so clear. But the bottom line is a din of a machitza, a machitza that sways, a machitza that sways is not a good machitza. Okay. Very good. So now, uh, the Gemara challenges that from our Mishnah. Clearly, tra- trees, uh, they, they sway back and forth, right? You ever see trees? They move in the wind. So how is it a good mechitza? So we see now, like a Yaakov. So the Gemara says, what are we dealing with? The Mishnah, Bekash, and you're dealing with very stiff trunks. They don't, they don't, they don't move. Says the Gemara, what about the branches? And the Gemara is assuming that the branches are also part of the wall. Branches clearly do, even if the trunk doesn't. It's not like a palm tree, but it's a very stiff, thick trunk, oak trunk or something like that. But, but still, the branches of the tree, presumably, and presumably the branches are necessary for the wall as well. So the Gemara says, no, it's of a You sturdied it. How did you do that? You stuck in palm and, 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 and other trees, and you, know, you, you, you stuck them all together, and you, and you made it stronger, and that's not going to sway in the wind. Says, no, yachi, my lamema. If that's what's going on in the Mishnah, why is it, why is it a novelty? Meaning, if you say that you didn't do all those things and the branches are swaying, then the novelty of the Mishnah is that you could use those for trees. You could use trees even though they sway. But now that you're saying you cannot use trees that sway and you have to go bend over backwards in the Mishnah to make sure that they don't, so what's the novelty in the Mishnah? Why would somebody think that trees are not good? So the Gemara answer is, You would say that it should not be good to use walls, for the, walls from trees because you might come to use the trees on Yontif. And remember, you're not allowed to use trees on Yontif because you might rip off a branch. So you might go climb the tree. You're using it. It's there in your sukkah. You're sitting in the sukkah and the wall is the tree. You might use the tree. Kamash malah, and then no. Since Lamaisa, you're not on the tree or anything. You're in the sukkah. Everything's fine. Says the Gemara, Let's say there's a big tree, a stone wall, or a wall of reeds that's standing by the corners of a wall. You could use it for a diyumad. Remember what diyumad is. A diyumad is, um, is a din that when there's a well in the street, so the street, you can't, well, you wouldn't be able to draw water from the well for your animals to drink. Why? Because the well is deep. It's Rosh Hashayachid. And the, the surrounding area, the street area, is Rosh Hashayachid. So if you can draw water, that's how it's up. So Chazal said, you're not going to go ahead and make walls, big walls around the well, but you could make four posts. If there are an am on each direction in the four corners that surround the, a certain enclosure, around the well, then that enclosure will be considered a Yachid, and you could draw water. That's the din, very big kula. So what could be used for diyumad? So we say that if there was even a tree or a wall, you could use for diyumad. Now, the tree, the wall, or the reeds, we assume is going to sway in the wind. And yet we still say that it can be used as the post. Now the post is a machitza, that's the way it works. So we see that there's no problem there's no problem to use a mechitza which sways. So the Gemara answers, no, it's not a raya. Hasam nami, there in the case of the rice as well, the case was that you sturdied it with the branches of palm trees, you made it strong, you, you, you sturdied it together, you strengthened it, and it's not going to sway. Says the Gemara, you have a big tree. So imagine you have a tree, and then it forms a canopy with its own branches. So you have the middle, 
goes up, and then the branches of the tree are going over, and then they're going lower, and they form a machitza. So if the branches go all the way down to within three tefachim of the ground, so the branches themselves are a good machitza, you can carry on to it on Shabbos, it's a good machitza. So what's the shayla? My cause of asi, the branches are going to sway. You, again, you sturdy it with the branches. With the extra branches. If you reinforced it and you made sure that it was tied strong, so why can I? Why is it say that there's going to be a restriction in how big the space is for me to carry? No matter how big the space is, how big the canopy of the tree is, I should be allowed to carry. He said a statement, you can only carry two base saw. So in order to understand this, we need a little Erevin introduction. The Erevin introduction is that even though Rosh Hashayachad has no minimum size, but Chazal say that if you don't like go ahead and make the Rosh Hashayachad, you're not like doing something which specifically says that it's for Dira. It's just kind of like a big Rosh Hashayachad, which is just there, like a, tr- like a tree, like this case, Mamish. Then you can only carry within, if it's up to two base saw, 72 thirds Amma by 70 and two thirds Amma, that amount of area. More than that, you can't. We treat it like, you know, it's like a caramelist with Rabbana. So over here, if you, if you didn't fix up the tree, then we could understand the halacha. It's like a Rosh Hashayach that's just there by itself. Then we could understand why you can't carry more than two beisah. But if the case was, you had to make sure that it didn't sway in the wind. So you went and you tied it with these branches. So then it, you've done something to make it a stronger Rosh Hashayach. So then there should be no minimum requirement. No minimum, I'm sorry, no maximum requirement for how big it is that you should be allowed to carry so the Gemara answer is no. Lamaisa, who lives here? It's like a watchman. Who's going to live in this? Who's going to live in this? Is that really a place you're going to live? It's for the open air outside of it. Meaning the watchman is going to stay there. But really he's there to watch what's outside of the tree. And since it's a type of dira where the main shimush is for the space outside of it, because it's not a chash of A significant chash of is a place that you use, you know, you use the interior. This is not like that. This is not a significant type of one. This is not significant at all. There, the watchman's going to be here so that he can watch the area outside of the tree. So that's not a significant rishasayach. And any insignificant rishasayach cannot be used if it's more than two besa. Says the Gemara, one more attempt here. Tashma. Shabbos Patel Shugavasar. Somebody made a Shabbos residence on a mound that's ten to Vachamayvu. Avra Amos Beisasar is between four Amos and two Beisar. The Chain Beneka, he makes his Shabbos residence in a little cleft. It's a little hole. It's like, a, it's, 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 it's in the valley here. And it's ten to Vacham deep. Avra Amos Beisasar is between four Amos wide and two Beisar in area. The Chain Kama Katsur Shibos Makivasasa. Or you're in a clearing of, of cut grain. But you have grain that's surrounded by stalks, meaning you have a huge field. So the interior of the field is cut down, so you've got usable space. And then the, the, the exterior, walking around the field, that you have still standing grain. And the standing grain is a machitza. It's ten tefachamai. So in all those cases, that's a good place to make a residence of Shabbos. For what? For Erevin. For Erevin, even if it's not your regular home. But if you say, this is my living space on Shabbos, you can go 2,000 amos from that living space. You can go throughout the entire enclosure and beyond the 2,000 amos. So we see we want the last case. The last case where you're making your Shabbos residence inside of a field, which the middle is cut down and the outside is a bunch of standing grain. That's a good Shabbos residence. Now, standing grain, the cause of Asi. The grain clearly sways in the wind. And still we're saying it's good. 
So the Gemara defends, you wove the stalks together with the branches of some palm trees, so you made it specifically good to make sure that it wouldn't sway. Since you made sure that it wouldn't sway, it's good. So the Maisa, it looks like the Gemara at the end of the day accepts Ravacha's statement that a mechitza which sways is not a mechitza to make sure it doesn't sway. And the case in, the, in our Mishnah that the tree is good is only good because you're making sure that it doesn't sway. So this Gemara is so relevant in Ochel Sukkah when you're making so many Sukkahs. The canvas and this and that. You ever go to those Sukkahs, you know, the, re- the ones on the street and the restaurant and they're flying up. Is that good? Even if it weighs a little bit in the Gemara, it seems like you have a tremendous issue. Is that so, why they tie that, uh, the, you tie like string around? 